Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars unforgettable. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everyone, great to have you along with me for another week. Aaron Noonan here. This is the V8 Sloot Podcast, powered by Castrol 2024. Now these days, Garth Tander drives a microphone more than he drives a race car, which is quite the change from when he was last with us on this pod in 2019. That's when we last sat down with him, which it's scary to think that so much time has gone so quickly. So we thought it's time to chat with GT again about what's happened since then, but also some more tales from his career in Australian motorsport. Now we delve into some current topics of which he hasn't held back his opinion on, plus some fun tales from his time in Formula Ford, his time with Gary Rogers' team, and his time with Triple Eight. But before we start, I need you to do me a favour. Every Tuesday, the Motorsport News Podcast goes live, and you can get it on the platform where you're listening to this pod. Just search for it, subscribe to both pods via your favourite podcast app, so you get notified whenever a new episode goes live. We've also added this year the Brad Jones Racing Rundown Pod to our MN Pod offering, and the Special Stages Rally Sport Magazine Podcast for all the latest on the dirt. Part of our commitment at the Motorsport Podcast Network to giving you more motorsport in your ears more often. Right, let's get cracking. Garth Tander, part one, recorded recently at Grove Racing Headquarters in Brayside, Melbourne. Enjoy this episode. It's the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Castro. Garth Tander, hello. Well, actually, no. Welcome back to the V8 Sleuth Podcast. It has been a little while between drinks, five years between us. Five years. Oh, well, firstly, thank you for having me back uh, on the V8 Sleuth Podcast. And five years... Um, does that now elevate me to like, um, you know, like when race cars get to a certain age, they become historic. So does that mean I'm now historic in the sleuth archives? I think you're getting there. I'm I'm not prepared to say that you are, but I think you're on the way. (laughs) I'm not sure. You sound like my children. (laughs) I'm not sure that's the destination you want to be getting to, but I think you're getting there regardless. But we all are. Yes, yes. When I look back, you were with us in year one. Of the V8 Sleuth podcast. Oh, was we're, I? We're up to well, six. Well, there you go. That, that, that does that do then now get classified as a story. Yeah, yeah that does age you a little bit. <laughs> it was September 2019. Um, and it's fair to say a lot's changed yeah. in your world yeah. since then. Personally, professionally, there's been a lot happened in the last four or five years. Um, when we were on the pod last, we were focusing on Bathurst factory history because it was the 50th anniversary of Holden's... Mm. Ironically, it wasn't official at the time in 1969, <laughs> the Holden Dealer team, but it really was. Mm. Um, so much has changed. I mean, we, we are sitting at Grove Racing mm. that in 2019 was still Kelly uh, Racing, Kelly Racing yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way back then you could have comprehended that you oh, would be here. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. Um, even in 2019, 
um, I'd only just, that was my first year at, at Triple Eight. I'd only just left the series full time. Hadn't even started with Supercars Media at mm, that no. stage. I was working with Channel Ten and RPM, which no longer uh, is around. <laughs> Killed that off too. Well, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that's gone as well. <laughs> um, felt like a bit. I felt like Roundup for a while there. There was a few <laughs> things getting killed off that I was around at. Um, so yeah, yeah, lots changed since then. Uh, uh, but back to your initial statement slash question. Uh, no, at no stage in September nineteen did I think we'd be sitting in Brayside at in early 2024 uh discussing grove racing grove racing was a porsche team at the time it wasn't Mm. you know those guys weren't involved in supercars as a well brenton Brenton ironically if you go back to then i was working with brenton uh as because he was a driving in the super two championship at at triple eight in one of the triple eight super two cars and um i was working uh with brenton and lounsey was working with kurt kostecki so we were sort of mentors for the super two program and uh, i got i got assigned to brenton so um although we weren't talking about grove racing back in 2019 i guess you can say the very foundation of (laughs) me sitting here was was actually happening back then so one thing i don't think we we covered off was that it really shocked everyone at the start of 19 when that news came through that you weren't going to be the mm-hmm. GRM. Mm-hmm. So you didn't – I was thinking about this the other day. You didn't get what so many other drivers got was that knowledge and knowing that you were doing your final full-time round. So you didn't get the chance to – I didn't get the lounsy parade. No, you didn't get the lounsy <laughs> parade or, you know, the the, uh, the ute ride around and wave. But you, you didn't get a chance to have that moment where – your friends, your family, the people who helped you over the years to get you where you've got to could have that opportunity to know yeah. that that's the last time that you're going to have your name on a car by itself. Although Shane did try at Sandown a few years later to <laughs> give you that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. um, did that irk you? Does it, yeah. still, does it still irk you? Yeah, no, that's what pissed me off the most, absolutely, was that um, um, I wasn't able to, you know, at the final round of my full-time championship – hire a corporate box above pit lane and get 20, 30, 50, 100 of whatever the number is of the people that were important to me uh, there and then, but also more importantly along the journey that helped me um, achieve having a career in motorsport on a full-time basis. So that's what really you know pissed me off that I didn't get that opportunity and, and that opportunity was, was not um, a... F- no, no, not that you deserve that opportunity, but I wasn't able. I feel like I'd been in the sport long enough, full time, and particularly with the team in question had done enough with them over the journey that there'd be a bit more respect to be able to achieve that somehow. But um, I didn't. I, I, I didn't and wouldn't have been interested in the lounsy parade and standing in the back of the ute or walking up pit lane and shaking everyone's hand. That's not my style. What about a golden commodore? Yeah, no, none of that. No. None of that. Um, uh, ironically, if I was at GRM and they found that there was a way to commercialise it and make a buck off it, they probably would have done it. But um, but no, it was more about being able to say thank you uh, to the people um, that supported me through my journey. Um, I wasn't, yeah, wasn't able to do that. Um, so, yeah, that that's what pissed me the most, really did, and still does to this mm. day. But I can't change that. Um, fortunately, I've had a really, I can't, um, I could now nowadays I can't ask to be in a better position than I am within the motorsport world. So um, at this stage of my life, so 
you know, although that sucked, um, you know, as things have turned out, it's, it hasn't worked out so bad. And that's where I was going with it next, that if you look at what's happened since it opened up the Triple Eight opportunity, a couple of Bathurst wins, now here at Groves, all the things have happened along the way. Had you been at GRM for another year, they only stayed in supercars for one more year. So who knows what your path... You might have ended up at the same place a bit later. The path would be different somewhere, somehow. So in a way, knowing what you know now that's unfolded in the last five years, you wouldn't be able to see it at the time. But I mean, oh, it's yeah. worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, early January 2019, sitting in the office at GRM, uh, once I was told that I wasn't driving full-time that year or, and as it turned out, anymore... Um, at, so you had no idea. I had no idea. I, I walked in completely blindsided. Into and this that, is what into that meeting. It was like pre-Christmas. No, no, no very early like nineteen January five, six, seven, eight around there. I can't yeah. remember exactly. Um, uh, so whilst very early in the year, very late in the in the you know in the deal to be able to put anything together full time for twenty nineteen. And and look, to be honest, I'd got to the stage of my career that I was driving at GRM for two I drove for two years, probably was only going to drive twenty nineteen full time and then move into running the show at GRM. That was always the plan from when I signed there in beginning of at the end of twenty sixteen was to drive for a couple of years. Um and then, and then at some stage, transition into um, into running the organisation for Gary. Um, but uh, yeah, at no stage when all that changed did I think. Um, well, at then did I think, well, I'm going to end up a Triple Eight driving at Bathurst that year. No, I didn't think that. It was the first phone call I made was to, <laughs> yeah, to Roland because I knew actually it happened on a Wednesday or Thursday at GRM, and I knew that. Triple Eight were launching that weekend, that Saturday or Sunday. Um, I don't know why I knew that, but I knew that. It might have been through Shane. Um, and I knew that Triple Eight always announced their co-drivers at their season launch. Yeah, they don't hold them back. They no, they, bowl they, them out they, at the they, same time. They, yeah. So I was like, well, if, if there's any opportunity, I need to make this phone call before, uh, they, before they yeah. announce. So I think that afternoon I rang. Roland, we made contact with Roland, and I think we'd, we'd done a deal the next day. So, is it the fastest deal yeah. you've ever done? Fastest, easiest deal I've ever done in motorsport ever. Mm. So it was just, um, I think I can't even remember how it went, but it was. Um, it was so quick, you probably don't it, remember. It yeah. was. It was. It was. What do you think? Uh, oh, oh, this has just happened. Um, uh, what opportunities do you have for endurance driving? Um, and he's like. Give me 24 hours, and I think it was done within 12. <laughs> <laughs> done. Done and dusted. Um, just flicking, because you flicked to co-driver mode from there on, there's, there's a topic I wanted to ask you about. So we've got a rule change this year. Yeah. With The rule is that the primaries have to start the race at the Santa Ana Bathurst, that is. My initial feeling is that we're punching at shadows that don't exist here. What's your take on this rule change that means that you will you definitely know that you'll be standing in the pit lane at the start of those races? Uh, I'm a massive sports fan. Mm -hmm. I like watching a lot of other sport. Uh, I watch a lot of cricket. 
Uh, I watch some AFL, probably not as much these days. I watch a lot of basketball. Because West Coast are not going so well. Well, because West Coast are going terribly. I I thought so. Um, I watch a lot of basketball because my kids um, love basketball. Are you a Perth Wildcats fan? I was a Perth Wildcats fan growing up, but we watch a lot of NBA now Uh because that's what all the cool kids do out. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I I remember that from the 90s when I was a kid. Yeah, so do I. We used to watch it on that Saturday morning show, but now they're streaming and all the rest of it, so you can watch it live. Um, (laughs) And um, the international, the ICC... Prior to the Ashes, don't dictate to England or Australia what the batting order is going to be, nor do they dictate who's going to bowl first, as in within the team. Mm. Um, the NBA don't dictate to the Chicago Bulls who the starting five are. The team makes that decision. So why supercars in a, an age of our game where there's a lot of criticism that the racing is... Uh, is um, follow the leader predictable predictable um, and that um, a lot of the strategy is uh, copy copy why they would make a rule that takes out some of the flexibility that the teams have I have no idea and some are saying because of the start at Bathurst in 2022 that they needed to protect the teams from danger at the start of these races well the rule wasn't that you had to start your co-driver no no (laughs) so the teams didn't have to start the co-driver if they felt that it was dangerous and there was some risk involved put your primary driver in so i don't get it i honestly don't get it it doesn't make any sense to me at all and and people will say oh garth's just saying that because now he's a co-driver but i'm trying to look at it from a uh, a sports fan perspective um, could you could you imagine if the ICC dictated that Michael Clark wasn't allowed to be an opener at the Ashes at the MCG on Boxing Day? Imagine if that was a rule. Mm. Could you imagine mm. the backlash? <laughs> it's it's got that feeling of not Michael Clark, Michael uh, Smith, uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. I knew where you were going. I do. Follow, I do watch cricket. cricket. I do bats, watch cricket. Yeah, yeah, bowls a little bit. Yeah. The the element that I struggle with it all is. There's a lot bigger stuff that, yeah. as a sport, as a category, in the, as an entertainment organisation, that needs to be going on. So whether it's the pit lane order, or it's this thing, or it's like yeah, I, and, and I, I try, I'll try and stay away from that. But we have a rule in our a lot of our refueling races that there's a mandatory fuel drop. Now that rule exists, id. When there was Nissan engines in the category, the Mercs, the, Volvos, the, Mercs, the Volvos, uh, as well as the as well as the Ford and the GM engines, which are now different to what they were when this rule came in. So that en- that rule existed for uh, engines, five different engines back then, back in the 2014 era. We brought in fuel drop. We don't need fuel drop anymore. So because the it actually has worked out that the the Ford engine and the Chev engine are actually very, very, very similar on fuel economy. It's one of the very th- few things that they are very similar on is their fuel economy, and we've we learnt that over the last year with Gen Three. So why wouldn't we get rid of a rule that is in? And I work in pit lane during the refueling races. That is insanely difficult to convey to the fans at home that are watching on TV, let alone the fans that are in the grandstands at the racetrack. And try doing it on radio <laughs> where people can't see it. So why don't we eliminate that rule and focus on our energy on getting that right? 
as opposed to bringing in some ticky-tack rule about whether co-drivers can start two races of the year. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I work for supercars in the broadcast sphere. Um, I understand that there's a lot of challenges uh, in the supercars world, but... Um, yeah, I think sometimes we could save ourselves from a few own goals, and that was one of them. You just <laughs> read my mind on exactly the line I was going to use. You just stole it. I was going to say own goals. I was going to say goals. Anyway, let's fast forward back to the Triple H stuff. Obviously, mm. um, when we last did this, you were a three-time Bathurst 1000 winner. You are now a five-time Bathurst 1000 winner. What's different about being five-time than three-time? Uh, when you win three, you hold three fingers up. When you win five, you hold five up. It's four fingers and <laughs> a thumb. Come on. <laughs> well, that's very. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, obviously, um, I think when you're a one-time Bathurst winner, it's special. Um, so I feel incredibly fortunate to have had success there in the supercars race five times. Um, and as you know, Aaron, I'm a, I'm a keen follower of the history of the sport. And when you elevate elevate from three-time winner to five-time winner, there's a lot less people in front of you that have achieved what you've achieved. So I feel very proud and very honoured to be sitting on that list as a one-time winner, let alone a five-time winner. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's very, very special. Uh, and it doesn't diminish in any way, shape or form um, whether you've won one, two or five Bathursts, how special it is. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. How's it different when you're the co-driver versus the main primary as you were in? I mean, you've sort of done it in all the combos. The Bargs one and the Will Davo one where you're both full-timers mm. when the rules allowed it, and that's a whole other topic. And mm. while we're at it, if we're going to undo a rule, let's undo that one while we're at it. That's another one for another day. Then you've got the Nick Perkett thing where we're into the co-driver era. You're the mm. lead, he's the co, and then you're the co for Shane for a couple of years there in 20 and 22. So they've all got different kind of elements to them there, but I guess it doesn't change. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that you won the race, you hold the trophy, but the the contribution that you make, the role that you play is different. How does that sit with you as a, as a Bathurst winner in that position rather than being Garth Tander wins Bathurst on the national headlines and... It's Shane oh, yeah, winning, yeah, by yeah, the way. Look, but you played such a critical role. Yeah, look, and 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 it, that is true. And I, that was something I was very mindful of when I was you know, the primary driver, for lack of a better term, if you like. That um, particularly with Nick, for example, um, that it wasn't Garth Tander wins Bathurst with Nick Perkett. It's Garth Tander and Nick Perkett win Bathurst, and I was always very mindful of that. Um, so. Um, yeah, look, no doubt um, when you are Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander wins Bathurst, it's it's different, no doubt about it. But uh, Shane was fantastic about it. Like he wouldn't even do an interview at the end of each of the races until I'd got to the car. So uh, there's some there's some vision there where Jess is trying to interview him. He goes, well, I don't really want to talk until Garth gets here. So that was that was very nice. And, and that stuff's probably been overlooked over the journey. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, so um, look, I think the first time um, in in twenty, it felt it definitely felt strange. Like it. it um, 
Shane was in the car a lot more than I was. I sort of didn't feel like I contributed a whole lot to that one. During the race, I mean, I did a lot of work in the lead up to the race, car setup wise and, and all the rest of it. But in the actual race, I, you know, Shane did a lot of the heavy lifting in 2020. Um, but 22, I, I definitely felt like I contributed um, as much. I think I, we pretty much did the same amount of laps. There was only probably five or five or ten laps in it as to how many laps each of us did during the race. Clearly, Shane was in the car at the end of the race. That's his job. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, um, And I was in the car at the start of the race, and that was my job, but not anymore. <laughs> what was – I mean, the other thing was that 20 was the COVID year. Yeah, it was. So it just had all these other elements yeah. that you will never, hopefully, well, fingers it, crossed. I mean, 20 was again. strange because it took me five weeks to win Bathurst because I had to go and quarantine for two weeks. You went to Darwin, didn't I you? I went to Darwin and, and quarantined for two weeks. And Ma- it makes a road trip to Bathurst now look pretty easy, doesn't oh, it's it? easy to get to Bathurst. It's only seven <laughs> hours in the car nowadays. It was five weeks to get there. Oh, oh yeah. So in 2020, I went, went to Darwin for two weeks to quarantine. Um, then, and I had James Golding as my, um, my neighbor when we were in quarantine. <laughs> were you in little huts, weren't you? We were in, um, yeah, they were in, um, in uh, effectively mining accommodation, uh, um, um, that we make here at, at Grove, actually. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just get a little plug in. Um, and, and Beebs and I worked out very quickly. So we, we, fl- we were on the same flight and I think we'd already com- sort of worked out that we were going to do the same sort of thing. So we're on the same flight. So that means you get huddled into, onto a bus together. And, and when they were sort of checking us in, you could, I worked out pretty quickly that if we checked in together, we'd be pretty close to each other. Um, in the in the suburbs of the of the accommodation <laughs> so it worked out that we got this sort of duplex hut and and i was in one side and, and beebs was in the other and um yeah you're you're a we're allowed to be out on your balcony and talk to each other and all the rest of it so not only did i have james golding as a teammate for a couple of years uh, i had him as my neighbor for the two weeks leading up to bathurst <laughs> and we did we spent a lot of time watching old Bathurst vision and, and and he was like oh what did you do here and I, he had all the he was actually quite studious he had all the information so I was watching over his shoulder and so two weeks in Darwin uh then I just spent a week in Brisbane um with the team uh I was about a week and a half the way it worked out uh with the team because I hadn't seen them all year because I was because that was the way you had to get into that's the way I had to get well, that was the you way had to get to, you could go from Queensland to New South Wales, but you had to get into Queensland. Yeah, I had to get into Queensland. It was, it was more difficult to get into Queensland. So that was the Darwin thing. I could, Roland gave me the choice. He said, you can go to Darwin for two weeks or you can go to Sydney in a hotel room for two weeks. And I said, oh, I'll mm. go to Darwin. Thank mm. you very yeah. much. And it, and it was, I turned it into a training camp while we were there. Uh, so that was good. Uh, spent a week in Brisbane, week and a half or so in Brisbane, a week in Bathurst. And then it, I think I got home the following Tuesday. So it was five weeks that mm. week to, mm. to go to Bathurst, which, you know, says, sounds like a lot. But you got to remember that year, uh, the teams themselves are on the road and away for months. Yeah. So, so whilst Huge. I spent five weeks to do one race, a lot of the teams spent a lot of time on the road away from family for a long period of time. So strange times. Mm. Very strange. Hopefully we never no, yeah. get back to that sort of stuff yeah. ever again. 22. Yep. I think probably everyone harks straight to the – Shane's after-party efforts for yeah, Monday morning. that's true. Is that the worst you've ever seen a Bathurst winner? or Not worst, but the hardest you've seen a Bathurst winner celebrate, and you've, you've celebrated well, a few. I don't feel like we actually celebrated that hard that night. He just was very average on the drink the next day. So um, that's... Sadly, that's not the, the worst I've seen Shane, but... <laughs> um, um, <laughs> 
So I, uh, it's funny. I got, and for those who don't remember, Garth and Shane appeared. Was it on the Today Show? Channel yeah, we did Today Show first. Monday with, morning with after Ovid, the win. With Carl first. And Shane was a, oh. he was not in a good way. He oh. had to excuse himself and depart. So we... Um, what did we see? What did we not see? Oh, what you didn't see was um, I got to Shane. We were staying in separate accommodation, separate houses. I got to Shane. So they picked me up first. Mitch McAvoy, the team PR man, picked me up first and, and said, right, we've got to go get Shane. So, so I went to get Shane. And, and look, I was, I was not great. Dusty? I was dusty. Okay. But... I soon learnt that I was far better than Shane was. So I got to him and and this remember this is very early days in um in Shane and, and Jess Dane's relationship. And um and and Jess is like, Can you go and sort him out? Because he will not listen to me at all. And and no, no, firstly, I walk into the house and I can hear someone whacking Shane. And it's Jess. Jess has got this huge book. It's like an atlas or something like that. And she's belting him over the head, trying to get him to do things because he's just like useless. He's like, I can't find my left. I can't find my socks. If I don't have my socks, I can't walk. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. And Jess is like, can you try and get him to do stuff? He listens to you sometimes. So I'm like, dude, don't worry about your socks. Don't just, mate, just put your shoes on. Don't worry about your socks. He goes, no, I need my socks. If I don't have my socks, I won't be able to walk. And I'm like, man, it's quarter to seven and we're on air at quarter past seven. We're not going to be able to do this. Like, <laughs> this is not going to work. So, dude, just grab your shoes. I'll find you some socks. Get in the car. No, I've, I've got to put my socks on. I said, just get in the car. So, so he, he does get in the car and we, we get, I think we put some socks on him. I can't remember. And we get to the track and it's like five past seven. And man, he cannot string two words together. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so we get there and, and, and Paul Glover from Supercars has got, to his credit, he's got like the full beforehand. I don't know if Jess had messaged ahead of time, but he's got Barocas, he's got Neurofins, he's got Powerades, he's got water, he's got like the full hangover recovery kit ready to go when we lobbed there. And I'm like, mm, give him a Barocca. But Glover's like, yeah, yeah, uh, we're doing it, but we're doing it upstairs, like on top of the pit pavilion. I'm like, dude, Ugh. we can't get him upstairs. Like, there's no way. It's hard way. enough just to get him like, here. He's not even walking. How are we going to get him upstairs? Because he doesn't have socks. <laughs> so anyway, we get upstairs, and 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 he sort of, to Shane's credit, he does get his his act together a little bit, and um, and and it can at least stand without swaying. And then, and I think I'd said to Carl. Off before we'd gone live, I said, um, "Yeah, Shane's Shane's feeling a bit under the weather here, um, so um, I'm not sure how good he's going to be." And and then Shane's just rolled out, <laughs> and so we've gone live, and Carl's welcomed us, and oh, great to speak to the reigning Bathurst champions, and and um, and that's when Shane's like rolled out that line. What was it? It was, I just want everyone to know that I was actually here, and then walked off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. because and the reason he does that, some of the people might not realise, it's actually a, a it's in the sup regs. It's actually part of the race it's meeting. Rule. It's a rule that you have to show up for this thing. Yeah. So Otherwise, you are. You could be fined. You, you can be, be fined. You blah blah blah. So, yeah. um, so, <laughs> so, oh mate, it's given. I just want everyone to know I was here and walked off on live TV in the morning, 
and and left me to pick up the pieces. So um, so it was fun, and and thankfully Carl, who's probably post um, Logies, has probably (laughs) been on air a little bit under the weather himself over the journey. Was a lot of fun and was great, Uh, and so. so I had to do the live cross without Shane, which was quite difficult because Shane was um, was let's just say fertilising some pot plants just off camera, yeah. um, just yeah. Yeah, just out of eye shot, but within earshot. Yeah, yes, <laughs> which was <laughs> made it difficult. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's always memorable elements. Yeah, to yeah, no, that's, wins, that's and I think that's the one everyone still that's, will that's, pull to. Everyone anyone talks about did you have any wild after parties after winning Bathurst? Whilst the after party itself wasn't overly wild. The morning after was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. What was your biggest celebration of a race win? Was it a Bathurst? Was it the championship? What meant the most that you transferred into celebration slash hangover? Mm. No. It's pretty hard to because well, there's another race a couple of weeks later yeah, or there's well, another function. Or there's you don't remember them do. because if they were any good, you wouldn't remember it. Um, <laughs> no. No, generally I was usually pretty good. Um, I was able to 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 not get myself into a situation that I was too far out of control the next day. Um, that you remember. That I remember, I recall. I no doubt some of the guys within some of the race teams that I was part of will have some stories, but I don't. <laughs> I don't recall. They're not on the podcast. Yeah, so that's, that's right. That's okay. That's okay. So four Bathurst starts with Triple Eight and with Shane. Yep. Two wins. Yep. A second. Yeah, and uh, running second tie goes with a couple laps mm. to go in twenty one. Mm. So, plus Gold Coast stuff, plus Sand, there were, you know other races that you yep. guys were together for. But Bathurst is the the focal element. So I think a lot of people went, huh, when you left Triple Eight mm-hmm. at the end of twenty two. Was it a case of Triple Eight losing Garth Tander or Grove Racing winning Garth Tander? Wow, that's a question for. Probably the two race teams to 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 answer. Um, oh, I think if you look at it, um, I um, I had there was an offer on the table to to go to Triple Eight and, and and drive again with Shane. Um, and then there was an offer come in to come to Grove. Um, so whilst um, whilst I was nutting out the nuts and bolts of what the Triple Eight offer would look like. The Grove offer continued to get um, more attractive. And look, I, I read some commentary that I only came to Grove for money, or I came to Grove because they put Sebastian in their Junior Driver Academy, or or whatever. Um, not a lot of people were privy to what I was privy to from the Groves about where they wanted to go with the business and where they wanted to go with the race team. And um, 12 months later, it's probably a bit more evident as to why I moved from from Triple Eight to Grove. I knew that realistically, I, I, I sort of knew, not officially, but I knew that probably only had one more year left with Shane anyway. I sort of just... Um, mates talking over the journey. I just got this feeling that with him as a mate, you mean, or with other mates? No, with him, yeah, him yeah, as a yeah. mate. Um, and I, I, you know, it's not like he said to me, "Oh, I'm going to NASCAR in 24." So, mm. but I just, I just, just sort of started to get the inkling that, yeah, I think there's the future of this is as it is right now is probably limited. 
Um, so when the opportunity to come came up to be part of helping to grow something with growth um, uh, and to be more involved with the direction of the business um, was 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 attractive. Um, so as it turned out, I would have got one more crack with Shane if I signed on. Shane won and with Richie, which is, you know, obviously for Shane and Richie, great. Um, but do I regret missing out on that last year at Triple Eight and going to Groves? No. I get the sense that what you've been able to come and do here, and we're sitting at Grove Racing, by the way, if you're mm. just tuning in now. We yeah, are, I gave you a, a workshop here. tour. You, you gave me a great tour. I mean, I was saying to you before we, we hit the record button that I haven't been in this building since 2019. And at the time, it was Kelly Racing, still running Nissans in their mm. last year. I think we were here with, with Rusty and some others to do the TCR television announcement mm-hmm. when I did television. That's how long ago mm. it was. Um, and the building's completely changed inside. It's been completely um, gutted and rebuilt. It's such an impressive place here. So I get the feeling, and you know, tell me how much of this is right, that what you hoped and thought you were going to be at GRM you kind of can be here, have yep. an effect post-driving, you know, co-drive for a bit and, and then transition into a, a management-style position. Yeah, I, I think that's probably – to be honest, I, I haven't actually thought about it in that regard, but I think you're right. I think um, um, uh, I, I've always been very interested in being um, – involved with a race team um, you know there was a period there where i wanted to have my own race team and, and potentially one day maybe be a supercar team but that didn't turn out to be realistic but i feel like i've always had something to offer a race team from a strategic direction point of view obviously from a mentoring point of view and i know i'm still fortunate to be able to offer something from a driving perspective as well so um to be able to do that um with Stephen and, and Brent and Grove, um, um, is is uh, was an offer that was too good to, to, to turn down. Um, and you know, I, I'm you know, like you say, we're sitting here in this in this facility now. That when they show me the plans for what they were going to do here in Brayside, I was like, well, I mean, if you guys do half of what is on these plans, then it's going to be the best facility in Australia. And we did probably three quarters to to nearly nine-tenths of what was on the plans um, and, um, and yeah, it's turned out pretty cool. And, and you know, facilities, I told you before we started recording, workshops and facilities don't win races um, but it shows intent and, uh, and, um, and commitment and, um, you know, the, the Groves were prepared to commit and uh, to spending a serious amount of coin to turn this facility into potentially the best race facility in Australia. Uh, so that's a fair statement of intent for me. Mm. No, serious, and and it's ongoing too. It's not just yeah, yeah. No, we're not build done. it and then no, we're not done. Leave it. It, <laughs> no. it needs ongoing. You know, yeah. no. The, actually, the real work starts now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Apart from co-driving the supercar a couple of times a year, are you hungry to try to do more racing? Have you enjoyed the GT stuff? You had a little dabble in Carrera Cup last year. 
clearly you want to do as much as you can so as you show up for those races later in the year or as sharp as you can be. Are you actively chasing that stuff? Nope. Is it important? Does it matter? No, I, I don't actively chase it um, simply because I uh, – like Aaron, I raced professionally for 22 years um, and have done a lot of racing in that over that journey. Um, I, f- I do feel that I do need to do some racing through the year to, to – maintain to be match fit by the time Sandown comes around. Um, but do I need to do 10 race meetings a year? No. Do I need to do eight race meetings? No. Six? No. Probably, I'll probably do a couple of extracurricular races this year. Um, but that's enough. I mean, I drive the supercar every test day. I drive the supercar every ride day. Um I, I'm fortunate that I have a huge amount of muscle memory built up over a long period of time that I don't need to do 10 extra race meetings before Sandown and Bathurst. If I was 21, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. But, um, but no, I don't. So I'll do a couple of, a couple of extra races this year, um, but I'm not actively ch- out there chasing to race every weekend and and to be honest Aaron I don't have the time my, my kids race go-karts <laughs> yeah. and and I'm at a I'm at a usually at a kart track every weekend that I'm that I'm not at a supercars weekend doing tv so um so yeah no no I I'm I'm fortunate I don't have to but I do very much enjoy the extra racing that I do do yeah. short of driving an actual supercar what is the best preparation for I mean there's a lot of different categories and cars out there that you can pick to have your couple of goes in a year but which of them actually is the most meaningful helpful because there's a lot that you sort of instantly go that doesn't really compare to what you're going to do later in the year but is that as important a factor oh look i don't think there's anything that's i mean you could argue that even super two is not really relevant because those cars have got way more downforce than than what a gen 3 car's got now but it is a supercar it is racing a supercar tracks it's racing on the dunlop tire um, am I? Is it worth me racing in Super Two? Probably not. Um, I actually thought racing Career Cup last year was pretty good for me because um, the competition is very intense. Um, there are very skill-specific category to drive, as in the Porsche requires a very specific driving style, which actually for me forced me to really concentrate and really focus on my driving. Um, whereas if I jump in the supercar, I can, and even the Gen Three car, I can jump in that, and my technique, my supercar technique works. So I was, I had to really think about it. Um, they've got short races, and then they've got the long race as well. So you had to manage the tire over the journey. So I actually really enjoyed the Porsche, uh, that one Curra Cup race that I did last year at Talon Bend. So um, you don't have to be much of a sleuth, Aaron, to work out that the extra racing that I'll do this year will likely be in a Porsche. <laughs> I didn't even need to try sleuthing then. You, you took us straight to the sleuth door. Well played. Well played. Hey, one thing we didn't get to on our last chat was to talk about a category that I know so many of our listeners probably don't get to hear about enough, Formula Ford. Mm. Lots to talk about, lots of cool stuff. Um, 97 was the, the championship winning year for you. So mm. to, to paint the picture for some of our listeners who might not have been born then. Um, <laughs> which is probably a which few is of a them few, now. There's a few. Uh, there's yourself, Marcus Ambrose, Todd Kelly, Greg Ritter. Uh, Damien White. Damien White was yeah. floating around. There was a bunch of familiar faces yeah. and names. Um, 
I think what? Dougal was still racing. Yeah, Dougal, Dougal, Dougal was floating. Steve um, Owen had just started. Adam Macro. Adam Macro was floating. He was the champion. The Christian next Jones. Year. Yes, in the blue OMS car. Yeah, I remember Christian that. Christian Jones, son of from my uh, AJ. young motorsport news yes. Formula Ford reporting yeah, there days. Was, there was a few of us. There was. You won the title yep. in the was it the Bunnings car. Uh, it was the Bunnings car for the last three races. Right. It was um, Cresta curtains and blinds prior to that. What was the deal with Cresta curtains and I blinds? Don't know. Someone we knew someone that. Worked. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember now. That, um, uh, I was driving for Fastlane Racing, which is the, the team out of WA that I was actually working for as well. And one of our customers at Fastlane was the national. Well, I think Cresta might have only been Western Australian based, but we're looking to go national. Um, the the um, sales manager for Cresta was one of. I love these stories. Was these one cool. of Fastlane's customers. Uh-huh. So we got. We through him we got some some money out of Cresta, and then we ultimately got the Bunnings money for the last three races. Um, so this is this is how long ago that I raced Formula Ford was Aaron. That Bunnings was still only WA then. There was no Bunnings warehouse. There was still just a yeah. hardware shop. It was still just effectively your 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 small mitre ten, if you like, in WA, and they were about to launch Bunnings nationally. As kind of in, went pretty well, I as, as in, um, so this is West Farmers, the, the parent company. They were about to launch Bunnings nationally, um, the Bunnings warehouse thing that is now in every shop corner in the world. Um, <laughs> and so um, so one of, again, the Gazzati family, who were big in Formula Ford back then, Gary Gazzati. Gary's and he, uh, yeah, Formula Ford and he drove the Sierra with Steve yeah, Ellery. That's, right, yeah, that's right, and David Gazzati. They, they were the third biggest customer of Bunnings in Western Australia at the time. So they sort of lent on, and they were part of the fast lane racing setup as well. And they lent on Bunnings and said, "Oh, you guys probably need to sponsor this guy because we spend a heap of money with you. So um, can you sponsor this guy?" And so they sponsored me, and it worked out pretty well because we won the championship. We got a heap of exposure for them because n- no one on the east coast had heard of Bunnings before. Um, and then, then in '98 they launched Bunnings Warehouse, and the first one was at Nunna Wadding on Whitehorse Road in Victoria. There you go. There you go. We did there a car go. display there. So, um, so yeah, we got that's how we got the Bunnings sponsorship. So I get a lot of people now that ask me, how do I get sponsorship? And I say it's all about your network, and it's all about people that you know, and and someone that you might. It might not be the person that you know that can sponsor you, but someone that they know might be able to sponsor you. So that's how that's how I got all our sponsorships in Formula Ford. And that is such a great topic. We've we've touched on this with a few of our guests on this podcast over the journey. And I like to do that because I think it's great for young drivers, mm. um, young people working in the industry who uh, might not have the experience, who, you know, it's a bit deer in headlights. To, and I think a lot of people still are stuck at that, give me a sticker, I'll put it on the car, give mm. me some money. Mm. And it's very rare that, you know, those ones work ever. It's really those sorts of there's a business deal tied into yeah. it. There's, you know, all these sorts of elements. So I love hearing some of these stories um, from guys like yourself because it will help yeah. younger drivers now mm. flick a switch in their mm. brain of of moving away from that kind of, hey, sponsor X, please yeah. give me 20 grand. Yeah, oh, look, the, the, oh, I've got a proposal and I'm cold calling or I'm sending out them to 100 businesses, you know, cold, you yeah. know, cold calling or sending it out with no connection. <sighs> 
I'd imagine it'd be less than one percent of those actually work. <laughs> so, I reckon it's half. I so it's it's, half. It's, yeah. it's it's about it's about leveraging your network and, and opening your le- your network and and that's you know that's what I learned really early through and it wasn't me that was doing it. It was obviously my dad and and um and people within the Formula Ford network in in Western Australia that supported me and helped me in that year in '97. What was the standout moment? Of winning that, I mean, winning the championship is kind of a standout moment. But along the way, what's the the, the pivotal, oh. critical one that maybe our listeners or people yeah. don't know or they've forgotten? Because yep. there's there's one that sticks in my brain, and I'm not, I don't want to say it because I don't know if it's the one or not. I don't reckon it will be the one. Um, no, I think so, you probably can guess. Um, so for me, it was it was the Perth round. So we debuted the Bunnings sponsorship in Perth at the Perth round. So there was still Perth, Malala and Oran Park to yep. go in the championship, the final three rounds of the championship. So prior to Perth, um, my car was was yellow and black, Western Australian colours, uh, sponsored by Cresta Curtains and Blinds and there was a heap of WA sponsors all over it. But then we did the Bunnings deal and there was it was it was massive. We did two cars. Um, my car had been based on the East Coast prior to the Perth round, so it hadn't had a lot of love. So the car came back to Perth and I rebuilt it because I was working for Fastlane, so I knew what I was doing with the cars. So it was a full full chassis up rebuild. So pulled the whole car apart, sandblasted it, new powder coat, new floor. For those people that have worked on a Formula Ford, you know, it's a massive job. So anyway, did all that and then obviously repainted it in the Bunnings colours, um, shook the car down. Yep, car's all good. Away we go to Perth. Should have been fastest to Perth because I'd done a lap or two around Perth by then. <laughs> I sort of knew what we were doing. Um, but the pressure of the weekend got to me and, and I, I really was struggling in practice on Friday. Um, I was off the pace, really frustrated, not, not, just not letting it happen, not letting it flow. And I crashed the car on Friday afternoon. Like crashed it and, and it was probably seven or eight grand's worth of damage. And, and I knew that the budget was tight and I was really pissed. Um, with myself and I was really frustrated and one of one of my sponsors out of WA was a guy named Gary McCorkle who had helped us through building a truck and 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 you know he's a machinery dealer we, and, and he was a real salt of the earth old school guy and and he could see and he raced former Ford himself and he was racing and and um and he came and saw me and he and 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 he goes, Oh, geez, Garth, that sucks. That's a bit of bad luck. And I said, Yeah, Gaz, I'm I'm pissed because I shouldn't have done it, but I know it's gonna cost us a heap of money, and I know that we need that money for Malala, we need that money for Oran Park. And he and he goes, Garth, you're gonna win this championship. Don't worry about that. And he goes, and don't worry about whatever it costs to fix this car, I'm paying for it. Wow. So just and so it, it was it was not the fact that he paid for it, but it was the fact that he was backing me. And, mm. and there was still two, still three rounds to go in the championship, but he was backing me. He was backing me because he, um, he said, you are going to win it, um, but I don't want you thinking about the dollars and cents of it. I, so don't worry about that. I'm paying for that. Don't worry about it. And it was really from that point forwards, I was like, okay. And that just relieved me of all the pressure that I put on myself, relieved me of all the pressure of performing really badly in Friday practice. Um, I remember working till about 10 o'clock fixing the car and we went out and it went all right from there on in. So what was your one? Am I right in remembering that that was it that weekend you won a race with a flat tyre? Uh, I didn't. Or a deflating I tire. didn't win the race. I finished, well, you finished, I finished second. But it was down or going down? Yeah, it went flat. Yeah. So kind of got away with one there. Yeah, because, and there's a, there's, there's a backstory Yeah, there. we love the backstory. So... Um, 
so we were testing the week prior at Perth and it poured with rain, like poured, properly poured with rain. And um, I wasn't driving, but my teammate Brett Burville was, and I was, you know, engineering him, to use that term, for the day. And it was pouring rain and Burv's like, I want to test in the wet. And I was like, yeah, okay. And it's pouring with rain. And, and I said, right, I want to do tyre pressures. And what you used to do back in the day was you used to pump the tyres right up. So, for example, that tyre, the tyre pressure would have been 20 pound, 20 PSI uh, cold when you roll it out in the dry. But in the wet, you'd probably pump it up to 40 to make it like a balloon so the tyre would cut through the, through the, through the water. And, and the tyre that we were using then had a really deep groove. It was the Avon tyre. And, and I said, Bob, I want to let the tyre right down. I want to like run it at like 10 pound. And I want to try it. So it's testing. There's no one else here. Who cares? Mm, yes. So I said, right, we're going to pump it up to 40. You're going to go out and do five laps. And then you're going to come yeah, in. This pit- is a bit Harry Hog Day's yeah, thunder, isn't you're it? Five in. laps my way, five <laughs> laps your way. You're going to come in and I'm going to let the tyre down to 10 pound. And then you're going to go out and we're going to test it. And we did 10 pound. And it was like two seconds a lap faster. <laughs> and, 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 and we're like, okay, this is what we're doing when it rains. So... Luckily, we did that test. Came and it was pouring with rain. As it all, as it, there was this period of Perth Supercar weekends where it rained every weekend, every year for like five or six years. So anyway, it was pouring with rain. And I'm like, right, I know the trick. So we let the tire down, ten pound, and um, and it was great. Like I took off, I was gone, like gone, gone, like. <laughs> Eight seconds up the road, which never happens in, in a Formula Ford race. That's never, like winning a supercar never, never race happens. by fifty seconds. So anyway, I was gone, and um, and I was like, "Yeah, how good is this? Our, t- our trick worked." But because we were so low in the tire pressure, that the tire was actually moving on the bead, and it and it went off the bead a little bit, <laughs> and and the tire went flat. So thankfully at Perth, it was the right front tire that went flat, and you only need the right front tire for really one corner. And that's the left hander going up the hill. So um, I did the last three or four laps with flat right front tyre uh, and someone got me for first. I can't remember. Oh, was it Todd? Maybe Todd got me. Um, yeah, it was. Todd, Todd got me. And then um, one of the Perth guys, Kerry Wade, was behind me. And Marcus was way behind Kerry. Marcus was off the pace. And he, by this stage, he was my championship rival. It was he and I battling it out for points. So Kerry's caught me with like a lap and a half to go and he just sat behind me. He's part of Fastlane. He was like a sort of a customer car at Fastlane. So he's just sat behind me. He could have passed me like 10 times in the last lap and a half. He just sat behind me because he was like, well, Garth needs the points. Mm. So he he let me finish second with a flat tyre. And then Marcus, I think, crossed the line fourth, not far behind Kerry and I. So I think Kerry would have gone into formation flying if required (laughs) if Marcus got to to the gearbox of Kerry's car. Well, those Western Australians. Yeah, 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 we were a bit of a mafia back then. Yeah, there there was all. I mean, it was it was the same with I mean the V8s and the whatever category was. There was the local contingent that we only ever saw on a TV once a year because yeah, they yeah, raced there. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the V8s, it was Tim Slaker yeah. and Barbie Gallo and yeah. Phil Johnson, Grandstad, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So um, that's that's a cool story. And that's where we're going to hit the pause button on my chat with 2007 V8 Supercar champ Garth Tander. We sure did cover a lot of ground there. Forthright opinions on current topics and some more opening up in some of the other areas. These are the things that I love chatting about with Garth. There's good news. There's more Formula Ford stories coming in part two, including the time that he and Marcus Ambrose crashed into one another at Phillip Island and what their dad said in the aftermath. 
That's next time. Go and listen to any episodes in the back catalogue you haven't heard in the meantime, and we'll have part two dropping very soon. I'm Aaron Noonan. Thanks for tuning in. Send us your feedback via the form on our website, and I'll chat with you next time on the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Castro. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars, unforgettable. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out.